0: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. Back for our third installment of a preview look at the Avs' off-season free agency potential trade targets. This time, talking about the most enigmatic position in the NHL: the goaltending position. This show probably going to pace a little bit differently than our other ones. There are reasonable, unrestricted free agents to chase at both forward and defense. It's non-zero. There is a chance that a quality goaltender could make it to free agency. But the only one I'm really considering, let's just start here. The only one I would consider seriously pursuing if I'm the Avalanche is Robin Leonard okay and of the free agents
1: no no interest in soon to be con Smythe winner anton Kudobin
0: <laughs> no interest in what would be a 35 year old Anton Kudobin who the abs let's not forget completely lit up in the second round but it is true if he plays like he did against Vegas he uh, he could uh, win himself some hardware in the finals. But no, personally, I have no interest. With enough coercion, I might be talked into Jacob Markstrom, but I think you and I both agree it's pretty darn unlikely he actually makes it to free agency.
1: Yeah, I just feel like if Vancouver is serious, I mean, obviously, Thatcher Demko was great. Yep. Right, like, did an awesome job in those last two games, but... The rest of Thatcher Demko's career yeah. has been pretty I, underwhelming so far. So are you gonna
0: bet your future on two hockey games of performance,
1: right? Is that Thatcher Demko living up to his potential, or Thatcher Demko just getting hot for two games? That, so uh, that's the million dollar question. You know, it's it's really, I guess, three games probably more fair. Um, not that that changes the point. Uh, I just Vancouver. I think I just. In I I don't have faith that Markstrom gets to market, so I don't think yeah. we'll talk too much about it. Same.
0: It, it's an interesting thought if we're hitting free agency and he's still not signed, mm-hmm. but it, it's hard to operate under him actually making it there. Yeah, uh, Leonard kind of the same story, although it's not as dead set as it looked like it was a couple days ago. Um, yeah. And Leonard also the better goaltender of the two, I would say by a pretty good margin.
1: Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's had, I think he's had three strong years in a row now. Leonard has
0: pretty much since he got his, his head figured out and, and some of his demons handled. He's been,
1: I guess two strong years because um, the one year in New York and then – I mean, to, I'll, I'll say three of the last four just because, I mean, yeah. you, know, and you, you look at the guy's career. He had one mediocre down year in Buffalo with that 9.08 save percentage, but the rest of the time there he was he was solid behind some bad teams. 9.20 there,
0: 9.24 in limited use. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's pretty good. He's he'd been solid and I was always I was always confused why they were in such a hurry to move on from him. But like that's Buffalo, right? Like they, yeah. they get rid of guys and they go on to succeed elsewhere because everything in Buffalo sucks right now. They're the it's just a toxic toxic place where it's very hard to succeed. Yep. They seem
0: to make the wrong decision at every turn somehow. So, yeah, I mean, outside of that Eric Stahl trade today, I mean, that was that was good for them. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of thievery there. Getting Eric Stahl one for one for Marcus Johansson
1: totally uh, did not make sense. But uh, from a Minnesota perspective, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> point being, Robin Leonard, good. Robin Leonard gets to market. You have to make the phone call. Yeah. I,
0: if you're not talking to him, you're failing as a GM.
1: Yeah, you're doing and, a disservice to your to your own stated philosophy of we're going after a cup right now. Yep. And but best if, goaltender comes on the market and that guy's better than the guy that you have. I mean, come on.
0: It's gonna be the same conversation a little bit as a Petrangelo and as a hall where maybe some team comes in and says, All right, Leonard, we'll give you eight and a half, nine million for the next eight years and the Avs go, Okay, well, have fun with that. Yeah. But for sure. It you if you're not at least giving yourself an opportunity, if he's interested in coming to the Amps, it, maybe you can make something work. But yeah. it's
1: not. A I mean, probability. Where, where would you draw the line on um on a deal term wise with the with the guy with with Leonard specifically? Just because you know he is only 28. This is not this is not a guy that's 32 years old or whatever.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: I'm way more
0: worried about dollar value than I am length when it comes to Leonard, to be honest with you.
1: Okay. If, if... Chicago, well, so where's your line?
0: I'd like, even if the Avs wanted to give him six years, I'd be pretty comfortable with it. Okay. Um That would take him to 34. The dollar value, I just six six and a half maybe okay. like if it was like you get him for sure at seven and someone else is offering six and a half maybe
1: it would depend on who the someone else is
0: right exactly if if like dallas is trying to to pick him up or, or st louis or somewhere
1: uh, yeah it if it's if one of your like direct like if it's him going back to vegas or coming to Colorado, I mean, like that's one of the teams that you're looking at as a direct competitor to you in the Western yeah. Conference.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: I think the I think that would that would change the math for me a little bit, but I would draw the line at five years and six million. And uh, right, and yeah. I I would that's not my hard line. Like I would move no, a little bit depending, but
0: you make it work if it's a realistic thing. Yeah, but. for sure. If you're talking over seven million for a goaltender, that's oh, just God. it's just sketchy waters, man. You've seen a million contracts like that just burn teams down.
1: I mean, at that point, it's it's like, would you rather roll the dice with Grubauer again and give that seven million to Taylor Hall, right? And then you know the extra two million it'll take to get him, but you know, <laughs> this is a conversation
0: we'll talk a little bit more about. Later my my question show.
1: at that point, the question becomes, is the difference between Lennar and Grubauer larger or smaller than the difference between Taylor Hall and Nemesnikov?
0: Right. and Because that's... The problem with trying to quantify that as goalies are voodoo, and at any given time, a goalie can just decide to play out of his mind for a couple months and win you a Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah. It... it... <laughs> And even the best goalies in the NHL randomly have down years that make no sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah. it's just, they didn't have it that year and they'll go on to bounce back a lot of the time, but that year you're paying a dude 7 million to be a subpar goaltender and it looks awful. Yeah. So it's just so hard with the goalie free agent market. You have to, as you put it on yesterday's show, be very careful when yeah, it comes yeah. to the free agent market.
1: Yeah. And that's well, why you and I are looking at this market and we say, Hey, without, without seriously considering the possibility of Markstrom, cause we don't think he'll make it to market. And the same is true of Laner." Yeah. Um, we're not looking at this market and saying, sure. We like that guy, you know, Hey, Jimmy Howard, two and 23 last year with a 4. <laughs> 4.2 GAA and an 883 save percentage. Mm-hmm. Come on down. Sign me up. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, um, if if they had not already re-upped François, uh, I would have serious, I'm, I'm serious about this, I would have serious backup interest in a guy like Corey Crawford. I, um, that's but, kind
0: of the take, right? There's a bunch of dudes who are established but don't really seem like what they used to be. Uh, uh, Braden Holpe, a uh, Corey Crawford if you're talking about a backup you can even get into the conversation of someone like a Cam Talbot.
1: Yeah, who started that series but we saw why, like once again, we saw why he's not considered a like a it's not a An guy actual, you're going to win four playoff series right. with. Like that's a guy that can spell your starter and and can come in and play for you and be decent, but it's just not a guy anybody's going to win four rounds with. Yep. You
0: exactly. know,
1: and and the Braden Holby conversation is one where look just look at his career spectacular first half of his career i mean spectacular guy yep. was guy was incredible for years um the last 3 seasons not so hot so um best the, the best you could say is he's been average and that and in, that includes that third year where he took the job where he had lost the job going into the playoffs to to Grubauer and then Grubauer had that tough first two games against Columbus. He, Holtby goes back in, has a great playoff. They go on to win the Cup. But it's three years in a row. Three regular seasons in a row. And you're talking about 150 games here. And The best you could say is that he's been average.
0: And the playoff performance has dipped in the last two years as well. It's not like all of a, a sudden down. he's a playoff performer. It's just... His game on the whole has regressed.
1: Right. And like at, at just 30 years old, somebody's going to sign him, right? Somebody is going to, somebody is going, <laughs> somebody is going to sign him and they're going to give him real money and real term and they're just going to roll the dice. I mean, somebody's going to give him a meaningful contract and It's been, it's legitimately been three years since he had a quality regular season. Yep. The guy you're, you're hoping and praying like crazy. Like it's, it's, it's the Hail Mary of Hail Marys, you know? And and like, maybe, maybe, a maybe a team that has nothing to lose could justify that. Like. Maybe maybe Detroit's like we'll splash some cash. You know, they've got they've got a ton of money in cap space. They don't really have a whole lot that they need to keep around. Yeah. You know, like they maybe maybe they go out and they're like, eh. We know that this is not a great investment, but this 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 answers the question of who's gonna play that position for the next five years. And You know, maybe we turn things around in year three of that deal and he's still good or, you know, whatever. Like,
0: Take that guy and you don't think about that position until your team gets good and then you can address it, basically.
1: Yeah, like, that's okay. Like, I can see maybe that happening. But beyond that, like, what, is San Jose going to try and do something? You know, like... I mean, Uh, Martin Jones hasn't exactly worked out for him, but. Right. And they've got to figure out what to do with that contract first. That's true. That's true. I just, you look around the league and it's like, okay, the teams that need a goaltender who are in position. To To actually, actually push
0: with one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To actually like go and sign one. It's like, okay, well, does Carolina have the money? You know, like, is Carolina going to take that chance? Each, Both Reimer and Marazic are coming into the last year of their deal. They're spending a billion dollars on their defense. They've got big, big ELC, post-ELC deals coming up for Svechnikov uh, and Netches,
0: And that's, those are on
1: the way. Dougie I, I, Hamilton's going into the last year of his deal. Like it's kind of the crux of the issue
0: for all of these teams is, In most cases, do they have the money right now? The answer is no. Are they willing to make room for a guy that you're making a bet in free agency on? And and for teams that are looking to become contenders or or push to that next level, that's a really big commitment that could... You know what? Maybe it works, but it's also pretty darn high risk. If it doesn't work out, you're causing massive problems to your team's cup
1: window. Yeah, you know, like... Not knowing what the hell they're doing right now, you know maybe Minnesota's a team that that tries to go and get him. Yeah, you know that's they're they're going into the last year of Mix deal. Maybe they just buy that out and they go and they give Holpi that deal and they you know hey we'll see if this works. Like that's that's a team that would make sense for for them to go and get him as as one that sort of continues to think that it's like kind of contending or not, but, you know, I know this isn't really abs related, but that's because we're like, we're looking at it like, no, 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 yeah. we're not going to do that. Because unless something weird happens. Who was the last UFA who was a good decision? How about Laner? two years in a row? Yep. Went to UFA. How about, I mean, Barley, Barley's first year in New York has gone pretty okay, hasn't it? That's true. There aren't always... Like I know everybody's burned by the Bobrovsky thing, which was the most single most predictable outcome <laughs> imaginable. But like some of these, some of these UFA deals for goaltenders have been fine. There's almost
0: always goalies in UFA that you can get value on, but you're you're flirting with poison, right? you don't know which one's going to blow up in your face necessarily.
1: Yeah. You don't know where you're going to step on the Bobrovsky landmine.
0: Yep. So we take our first period break there as it is time to acknowledge Breckenridge brewery, the official beer of dnvr with eight of them on tap down at the dnvr bar or if you can't make it to the bar you can always get it delivered to your house with an app like drizzly or go to your local liquor store use the breck beer locator online to find whichever type of beer from them is your favorite i promise you they have a beer that everybody will like you just got to find the right one for you whether it be the avalanche amber the hop peak ipa the agave wheat the strawberry sky Dozens of other ones as well. Look them up, find one, and give it a try. And of course, our primary sponsor for this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook. With football back on the field, they have all sorts of crazy bets going on over there. Whether it be prop bets, game bets, covering the spread, under, over, you name it, you can bet on just about anything in football. Turns out, betting against Mike Guskowski kicking field goals, well. Steven Goskowski. Steven yeah. Goskowski, yeah. Kicking field goals is bet against him, apparently, unless it's crunch time. But you want to bet on that and you haven't opened up an account yet, now is the time to do it because DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new users a chance to earn a hundred bucks on a one dollar bet. Bet on any team, not just football but baseball, hockey, basketball, to win a game and if they win, your $1 bet turns into a cool 100 bucks for you. Don't pass this offer up. Jump on it today. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up to make sure you get in on the offer. Again, pick any team to win during week two of the football season. Bet a dollar on them and win a 100 bucks for yourself. That's $1 for a Benjamin Franklin, ladies and gentlemen, with promo code DNBR. Limited time only. See DraftKingsSportsbook.com. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. I mess that up every time. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings. So, so we've established for the most part, outside of someone unexpectedly actually making it to free agency.
1: Yeah. I it's mean, not great. If Markstrom got there, I'd have the conversation. Sure. Totally open to it.
0: You do. You have the conversation. If for nothing else, it's interest in a guy that costs you nothing but money.
1: Right. Which is one of the assets that this is maybe the last year. They have that as an actual asset. Yep. Cap space. This is the last year where cap space is probably a meaningful asset for them. Without them having to make multiple moves to clear it out. Right. So that's why free agency is interesting. There you go. Well, and the delicious. show right there.
0: Show done. But if you look outside that realm. Or actually, let's let's back up. Let's start here. If the abs are looking to improve at the goaltender position. They can't really be looking at a Corey Crawford or Braden Holtby to be a backup for them. They need to go out and require acquire a legitimate starting goaltender that is better than what they have now. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be made pretty clear because yeah. you can throw any name on the pile to be a, a backup and in some cases maybe even a tandem guy, but what are you really how are you really helping yourself if you're the avs by doing that
1: yeah like the avs had a perfectly fine backup last year in francesos that's not an area that needs addressing yep like let's be real like a, it's just not it's not one of those areas that that you have to you have to hit if you're going to go and you're going to try and improve upon grubauer you and i both think like grubauer is like a mid-level starter
0: He's an NHL starter. Is he that a means, high end one?
1: Eh, yeah. That means there's only like fifteen dudes out there who you're gonna say are better, right? Like, fifteen yep. ish, who are who are better. And some of those guys, like when Grubauer's playing well, that number might be more like six or seven. So it's not gonna be the easiest thing in the world to improve upon Philip Grubauer and net. It just isn't.
0: Yeah. It, and so if you're reality. gonna do it
1: this isn't where you're messing around with Matt Murray, like rolling the dice on him and hoping that he ends up being for real and that he's 26 and that's all good. And well, you let Edmonton make that mistake, right? You let Calgary go and do that. Maybe. And and Hey, maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe it works out great. And suddenly that guy's glove hand is not made of stone. Maybe we'll see, but there's enough, significant doubt there that it doesn't seem like the prudent thing to do like it, it just doesn't and then there are the guys that that are entrenched on teams who are signed and have absolutely no reason whatsoever to move them you know that's that's where you're looking at andre vasilevsky that's where you're looking at the john gibson to be honest with you yeah
0: the reality is there's no real way he's moving yeah
1: right that guy's that guy's not going anywhere you know the um, you know Jordan Bennington that guy's not going anywhere like those those teams those teams have decided those are their those are their horses they're gonna they're gonna roll with those cats
0: you know the old adage you can't win a race on the first lap but you can lose it sure that's how I feel about acquiring goaltenders. You can acquire a great goaltender, but that doesn't guarantee you a cup-winning performance. If you acquire a poor goaltender, it's probably going to prevent you from winning a Stanley Cup. Just ask San Jose about Martin Jones.
1: Yeah. I don't think is the reason that the Avs are home right now because he didn't get the chance to play in that series, and you can't blame him for a non-contact injury. Like, what are you going to do? What did the guy do wrong? Stop the puck. You know, like at the the same time, like you're always trying to improve. And if you think that you have an opportunity to improve, then great. You do that. I just, when you're looking around, there's really, to me, there's one realistic trade option that I think you could say is an improvement. And even that is a roll of the dice. As Darcy Kemper.
0: Okay. Should we start with Darcy Kemper or do you want to go down the list a little bit? Yeah,
1: let's start with let's start with him because Arizona's looking to shed cap. They're they're trying to get rid of some money. They have nothing in the term in terms of draft capital. Not that the abs are so flush with it, but Darcy. Darcy Kemper has been outrageously good in Arizona the last two seasons. Now some some concerns obviously uh last year he played just 29 games it's a bit of a concern 55 yep. the year before that though and both of them he was very 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 good and i don't i'm not i'm not super here for the oh but he was playing behind a really defensive team because like if you go and you look at how like Arizona plays like a they, they play like a low event style they just don't play it very well like that's not a good team in front of him we watched the avs cave that team in repeatedly
0: <laughs> so here's last time we talked about Kemper i had some hesitations about it
1: i do too i and, mean this is still darcy kemper here
0: The thing is, today, I think I've come around to it a little bit more under the major idea that the Avs hold on to Philip Grubauer.
1: Yeah. So the idea idea here would be that you would – you'd have to package up your 21st – or the 24th pick, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you'd have to send them something. Like you can't – you can't just trade for Darcy Kemper and then have three freaking goaltenders. You got to get rid of one of them. Francois makes the most sense because they're trying to clear out space. They've still got Anty Ranta. They can they can go ahead and have Pavel Francelos. And hey, maybe Francois realizes, you know, he he really is a starter when he's healthy. He's getting and he can get he would get a chance there. And so you package up a first round pick. You package up Franzos and you trade him for Kemper. You keep Grubauer though. You hedge your bet. Yep, one hundred percent. You have Grubauer under contract for another year. Like it's you hedge your bet. Also, it, it, Aiden Aiden Hill is their third goaltender. Uh, if you're if if they're if they're willing to 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 roll with Aiden Hill seriously as their backup, um. Like, good for them. Like that, you take your chances. But Colorado, Colorado's got to have to move Franco somewhere anyway. So yeah. if they, if he's not going back to to Arizona in a Kemper deal, he's going somewhere. That's just going to be the reality of it. The guy's going somewhere. So
0: yeah, I mean,
1: the, if
0: you do that hedge, why it looks so good is if Kemper continues to be the guy he's been for the last two years. Great, you have an excellent starter, and you have. Philip Grubauer, arguably an NHL starter, as your backup.
1: Eight eight hundred thousand dollars on one way deals for gold, for like a third goaltender is totally normal. It's it, not a, it's, those dudes get
0: waived every single year.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's extremely common. Like that's yeah, that's not too worried about that. If it was like one point five or whatever, then that's that's we want that guy in the NHL money. Um, but at eight hundred, eight hundred k is not. You're a, a less commitment a million, to that, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's not a commitment to playing that guy in the NHL. And right now, <laughs> right now they've got three goaltenders. They still have Antti Ranta and Darcy Kemper in front of him. So until they start moving guys out, like Aiden, Aiden Hill is just not. It's not doing anything for me. Um maybe they want. Maybe they want to give him that shot. That we'll see. But. Again, if that's if that's how they want to do it, fine. Then Francois has to go somewhere else. Point being, Darcy Kemper would Darcy Kemper and Philip Grubauer instantly make them better. And yep. you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to keep Frankie and Loveland because you would waive him, they, and somebody would claim him. that
0: dude. Yeah, guaranteed. somebody
1: would take him two years of two million dollars on his deal after the season that he had. There's just too much of a need for goaltenders. He would, he would get claimed. So that's why I'm saying trade him before you lose him for free. Yep.
0: That's, I mean, that's the crux of this conversation for the Avs. Is if they do want to acquire a goalie, they have to get rid of one, and you have to feel better about it if it's Franco's going the other way.
1: For yeah, the Avs. again, you're hedging your bets. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup here. And if that means that hey, if Kemper lives up Kemper lives up to it and he goes out there and he has a Vesna caliber season, you're feeling great pretty much regardless of what Philip Grubauer does. Yep. You feel like you've accomplished your goal. You have your guy in the postseason. And then you go and you win a Stanley Cup, right? Easy. Hockey is easy. If it doesn't if it doesn't work out, then you have Philip Grubauer to hedge your bets. And then either you're overpaying, you know, you're maybe re-signing Grubauer
0: or you're and looking letting, and letting Kemper go or you make another whatever,
1: move yeah. and you reassess in the off season like yep you can you have the flexibility to do whatever cuz the Kemper deal is only 2 years. He's only signed for 2 two years. So if he goes out and he plays great, you're getting super high level goaltending, you're paying him a decent amount of money and you're you're totally happy. Like you win, that's great. Things worked out. And uh,
0: the other side of this is even if Kemper doesn't live up to the hype, he's been a perfectly quality backup for his entire career before popping off here in
1: Arizona. Right. And then are you thrilled about giving up a first round pick to then turn around and have that be your backup no. goaltender when you already had a backup goaltender? Absolutely and, not. And pretty it's pretty safe like to that.
0: say the trade feels bad, but you're not ending up with that contract being essentially dead money and that dude not even playing for you.
1: Right. Like it's it it it, it has ways of being salvageable and not being a complete train wreck. I mean, it could be a complete train wreck if he just totally falls apart. And it turns out that Arizona's Arizona's voodoo, I guess is the only thing that's keeping him that, that, that made him good in the first place. I I don't know. We'll see, but that's a dude that, Hey, take a chance. He's 30 years old. He's, He's playing the best hockey he's ever played in his career. It's only a two year deal. You still have philip grubauer okay like that's a situation that i could see yeah i i'm cool with it it you know
0: you have to see exactly what ends up what the cost for kemper ends up being if there is a real trade market for him maybe someone offers an astronomical amount and there's a line there i don't I don't know where exactly it is, but there's a line. Um,
1: there. I'm not if I'm offering them a first round pick for Darcy Kemper, that's my line. Yeah. Hard hard line on that. Like I, I offer Kemper and Franco's. If they don't want Francis, then I'm offering Francis elsewhere, I guess. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Assuming
1: I get Kemper. Like I'm not I'm not adding in a bunch of extra pieces and not adding in all this other stuff. Like I'm willing to give you the 24th overall pick for Darcy Kemper. You either like that or you don't. This isn't the Corey Schneider deal where he was like 25 years old or whatever when that deal was made and he was the goalie for the next half decade. You're talking about getting a guy that your hope is is better than for the next two years. It's awesome. a little short sighted and it's a little and it's definitely expensive, but you're feeling a little heat. You know, you you want to win. Uh, during the next three years with McKinnon still on this this contract. That doesn't mean they need to go super-duper all-in and give everything up at every turn, but if you're trying to make it happen, then then you're trying to make it happen. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's one of those trade targets where, hey, we're talking about it. Okay, great. Other ones around the league, you know, obviously, laner I- signs Marc-Andre Fleury.
0: Which we are going to get into in our third segment here. First, we have a new sponsor, Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, go Rams, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as members of the site. They are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS, 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS, 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So, Marc-Andre Fleury. A little bit older, certainly has the track record. This dude has won three Stanley Cups, even if he was sitting on the bench for two of them.
1: Sort of. He played
0: to the playoffs, but the actual win. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fair enough. So, uh, look, there's some risk with any of these guys. Flurry is an interesting one because we saw Robin Leonard just straight up take the job from him this year.
1: Yeah, Leonard was acquired to give him depth, and ended up just took the took took the gig
0: ended up going oh. with Vegas to the conference finals where they fell short. But Flurry does have two years remaining on a $7 million deal at age
1: 35.
0: We've already established a $7 million deal, really not that big of a deal for the abs in the coming season.
1: Yeah. I Vegas would still have to retain something. A yeah. million, a million and a half, two million, whatever. Like they would still have to retain something. I'm not taking on all seven of that. Unless it's one of those fake draft picks, like what Nick Bukestad just got traded for, you know, or what Jerome (laughs) McKinley got traded for back in the day where it's like, all right, so we'll give you the seventh round or say, hey, we'll give you the third round pick for Marc-Andre Fleury under the conditions that uh, he orders pineapple pizza twice a week, every single week for the next two years. Plus, you know, and then you come up with four other if absurd Conqueror conditions.
0: Fleury outscores Pierre Edouard Belmar. Yeah.
1: Next Right. <laughs> He's gotta have at least 10 points next year. Like <laughs> he needs to he needs to at least have 50 penalty minutes, and then you'll get the pick. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the only way that you're like that I would do something like that. Yeah. With Flurry, it's just like the interest is. His career has always been kind of up and down. At his age, you don't rely on the up, like yep. you're. And at seven million dollars, even if they retain two million at five million dollars, you're still like the guy's double the price of Franzeau's. And is he any better than him at this point? I mean, is there any way of? Is there any confidence that he would be significantly better than Franzeau's?
0: I would say no, but. If you're making this move, you're betting on his consistency. You're betting on you're not going to get that month lull in December and January where neither of your goaltenders can make a save.
1: Okay. I'm I'm super. You want to know what's going to be great about this next regular season starting in mid-January? We, we skipped that. Right over the, the lull. Blow right through it. And <laughs> then when on, it happens in work. mid-April, yeah.
0: And Ooh. everyone freaks out about it.
1: Everybody is will all be like, well, I guess this would have been December, huh? Yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah, this would have been that that December-January lull. I got gu- all right. I guess this is just on time. <laughs> or it just never happens. And maybe December is just the cursed month or something. I don't know. Point is point is like you are you're you're just trying to get consistency out of him. That's with with Fleury, you're you're not the not not the Extreme highs and lows, but you'll take 9-10 every single night. It would also, has this,
0: I'm curious, uh, we definitely don't have this answer on hand, and I'm sure we probably can't even look it up, but fun fact, if the Avs acquired Flurry, they would then have a first overall pick at forward, at defense, and at goaltender. I'm curious if any team has ever had that before. I can't think of one off the
1: top of my head, but. Mostly yeah, because well, very,
0: very few goaltenders get picked first over. I think
1: only two, right? It's just been Pietro and Flurry. I think that's correct.
0: I can't think so of any other. Like even Price probably probably, I think.
1: Yeah, Price went fifth. There have been some top five, top ten guys, but I don't. Yeah, that would be that's a fun fact, sir. Sometimes. Sometimes
0: I got some fun ones, but
1: I didn't. That rabbit hole we went into last oh, night. Oh man, that was how wild. crazy was that came all the way back to jared bender that was so wild (laughs) anyway nobody has any idea what we're talking about except 30 other people on the planet
0: getting back on track uh flurry look i see some people talking about henrik lundquist in the chat take flurry 10 times out of 10 over henrik lundquist that dude is done
1: I think he's, I think he's done like not even ability wise. Like I think he's just emotionally like exhausted with it. Yeah. Yeah. 1948 draft is not the modern draft era. So I guess, you know,
0: yeah. Do first overall picks even count from then? I don't know.
1: (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think, I think Hank is just finished like, I think he's doesn't. I think he's just like okay. I'm good. I'm good. S- Send me my check in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> I guess um, they would just direct deposit it, wouldn't it? I, I assume the Rangers are next, in the twenty first probably.
0: Century. I you could probably request an actual check if you wanted. If you
1: oh, wanted you totally to to you do. totally can. You don't have to direct deposit. I did it to one of my old employers and it drove them crazy. <laughs>
0: Are are there any other realistic options? Is there any smoke to, to Tuka Rask in the final year of his contract? Something like that? Uh,
1: I'm I'm sure. Um because they're I mean they're getting set to lose Krug in free agency. Krejci's a free agent uh next year. Uh Rask is at the end of the line, Halakwa's been fine for them. Like I'm I'm sure there's smoke to them looking around. Um but I I you know I don't I don't know if they would actually do, do it, I yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, fair. Down the list, I, I, Gibson obviously not going anywhere. Hellebuck obviously not going anywhere. Nobody wants anything to do with a guy like Corey Schneider. Uh, I, the next guy on the list is is Frederick Anderson from, from Toronto.
1: Yeah. Anderson, see Demco, you're rolling – Demko, you're having the same conversation about with Francois. Is this guy even any good? Yep. Like Demko doesn't answer any questions. It just changes the name of the question being of, of the. It, it changes the name of the same question you're already asking. There's yep. no. I'm not messing with that. And look, draft draft wise, if they're in a position to come anywhere near Askarov, of course. Here's the thing about
0: Askarov though. Even if you if you want to get him in your system, you want to draft him, you're still talking about if he's a four prodigy, days. you're talking about like two or three years.
1: Yeah. So and that would be great, but then he's running right into the exact timeline that you already have Annan on. Yep. And like, hey, if that's if that's great. Like if that works out, great. Even if, okay, so you trade back, you take Drew Cumesso. Four years. We'll see you in four years. Like the draft, be, the draft yeah. would be, like, going and getting Askarov would be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm all about it, but that's not winning you a cup next year, two years. Like, it's just not.
0: That's <laughs> realistically a guy you're talking about on McKinnon's next contract.
1: Yeah, like, you're, that. that's a, we'll talk about Askarov plenty when we actually get into the draft stuff, yep. um, which, P.S. It's coming. Sort of tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I it's kind of kicking off, sort of. Kind, and... Like
1: sort of kind. Of, we'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow, but it's mostly going to be just talking about Bowen Byram and how great he is. <laughs> but yeah, Askarov would just take time. Like that's a guy that he probably isn't coming over until he's twenty one or twenty two, and then yeah. he's probably backing up, and then you know the whole you know the whole shebang. Yeah. So we're not uh, not too worried about this. Is this is is there a way to? F- is there a way for Colorado to acquire a goaltender who wins them a cup next year? And I think at the end of this list, we're at Freddie Anderson, who I think is better than Grubauer, but I don't think he's so much better than Grubauer that you get weird about it. Yeah, you're not. Like you don't if I'm making that deal. Guy. If I'm making that deal, I'm trying to make it straight up just to save Toronto $2 million. Because each, I think each of those guys are going into the last year of their deal. Mm-hmm. And
0: Freddie making significantly more.
1: Yeah, I think he makes about two million dollars more. Going into last year, their deal, and then it's just like, okay, like we're we're kind of a shuffle of deck chairs with Grubauer and Anderson there. Yep. Um, I'd be for it. Like, I if it happened, I wouldn't hate it. If they like gave up a bunch to get him, I would hate it. Bad, yeah. Uh, but like that would be, it'd be okay. But at the I, I don't see Freddie Anderson as like a a significant upgrade. Yeah, yeah. if 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 it was like Anderson in a Franoise, and you were running Anderson and Grubauer, probably feel pretty good about that. Yeah, definitely. You'd have to give up more, but depending on how much that costs, you know, whatever. Um, but that's that's not, you know, I'm like, yeah, like I I, I like Anderson. I think he's better, but. I think he's better than Grubauer, but I don't think it's such a huge difference that you pay a premium for it because at that point you're min-maxing your roster, and anybody who's ever played any kind of video game knows that you min-max slowly and efficiently. You don't, yep. you don't you, give up a lot to Yolo all
0: in right away. Yeah, yeah,
1: you don't give up a lot to min-max. It's not why you do that.
0: The only other guy I'm seeing on this list that's worth talking about is uh, the Colorado kid himself, Benjamin Bishop. Yeah. Which,
1: I mean, I've joked about it. Like, bring Bishop home. And,
0: I mean, look, if you ignore the big problem of he plays for Dallas and they're probably not going to want to move that guy to Colorado,
1: yeah, I have a really hard time believing the Dallas is like okay. So if we play them in the postseason next year, but you replace Michael Hutchinson with Ben Bishop, <laughs> we really like our chances. Right, like exactly, just have a hard time feeling <laughs> like GM of the Year finalist Jim Nill would be a, would be comfortable with that. <laughs> Yeah, Even if, even if the abs were like, here, have a bundle of picks and prospects, I'm not sure that he'd be down with that.
0: I don't think he would either, but
1: a curious
0: type of guy, someone who's very established, consistently puts in quality work as a goaltender, would certainly be an upgrade on Grubauer with a big caveat of health.
1: Yeah, I've said that, I've said multiple times, I think he's one of the, maybe the most underrated goalie of the last decade that Ben Bishops had like a very solid career and it seems like people just want to write off any success he has by being like, Oh, he, he, you know, he plays behind a good Tampa Bay team or, Oh, he plays in a defensive system in Dallas. And it's just like, the guy's just been good. Like everywhere he's been. Yeah.
0: Hard to argue. Just
1: injuries have been a legit issue. He's clearly still hurt. Um, he was most definitely hurt when he, he went that into game. blew him up, man. Yeah, game game five against Colorado was not ready to play. So, you know, I'm. It's. I think that's more of like a a fun like sure. bring Ben Bishop home than it is like a real talking point. So it, it wouldn't really it wouldn't really make sense for Colorado to just like turn the goaltending job over to him after all the injuries and everything. And it wouldn't make sense for Dallas to be like here, give let's let's get you your arguably your, <laughs> like one of your biggest holes on the roster. Like what, let's do that. And yeah, yeah. We already covered Murray in the first segment. We said, no,
0: the short version is don't bother. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't even bother. It's not, it's not, it's just not worth it. And I think
0: that's kind of the conclusion that, we're coming to, in a lot of cases here, there are a select few guys yeah. that are interesting to the abs at this position.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, if, if Anaheim was willing to listen and you don't have to give up new hook or Byram,
0: you pay a sure. pretty price maybe there. Yeah.
1: Like, sure. You could, you could have us, you could interest me in that conversation. Of course I've advocated for it a million times already, but it, it, I mean, it, if if they're not interested, then there's, I mean, you know, there's not really any point. So I don't understand the obsession with Ryan Reeves. Vegas had him and they just lost. What good did he do?
0: He got himself ejected from that one game.
1: So yeah, I think, I think the, the most reasonable solution here is to stay put on goaltenders and just hope you have better injury luck. Yep, run it back. You know, it's it's funny that we're... It's like, oh, well, for the second time in three years, the Avs are on a third goaltender. But it's like, look, the reality is that they were different goalies. If it was the same tandem that had gotten hurt for the second time in three years, it might be an argument I'd be willing to listen to more. But the first time around was Varley and Bernier. In what way is that an indictment on Philip Grubauer? So... You know like uh, Grubauer had a couple of injuries this season definitely but he doesn't it's not it's it's not like he has the built up history of it yet. Yeah, it's not like there's this long history and and you know I just
0: like uh, he was fine in the, the previous years playoffs. He played through all of that. Just fine. Yeah,
1: he was completely fine. Like Grubauer was completely fine. So I'm I'm willing to just bet on bet on better health. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just bet on bet on better health and you're good. And
0: it, it's not even like we're not talking about insanely better health. We're talking about not having to play your third string goaltender for h- almost half of the second round.
1: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean it really was almost half cuz he played the last 3 games and he yeah. played the final 10 minutes of the third period.
0: Exactly. So, it marginally better health and Evs could have potentially made the conference
1: finals this year. Don't have to go down that path, but I mean, it just is what it is. Like, yeah, they They, were even, even with that, even with that, they almost, they were were one, they were one implosion away from, from making the, making the, the finals anyway. I mean you had a you had a one goal lead with 340 left in the third period. Like can we we don't need to sit here and act like the team needs a major overhaul. They don't. They just don't. I'm it's I'm it's with not I'm it's board. not something that needs to happen. So this is the it's really if they if they can find move that makes sense, it's cost efficient and it's a clear cut upgrade, totally otherwise this tandem this tandem was this tandem's biggest problem in the postseason was that its health failed in the second round okay
0: I I About don't it. I don't even disagree with you and I can't disagree with you I I think this team is probably capable of winning a Stanley Cup as is but a move like a Robin Leonard, a move like a Taylor Hall, a move like an Alex Petrangelo gives them more wiggle room.
1: Right. Ryan, Ryan Reeves has been part of playoff teams.
0: Ryan And Reeves they've had four. They've lost and zero
1: goals in 19 playoff games this year. Like this, this obsession. Cause this happens. Caleb comes in here every single show and mentions, he mentions the same exact thing. Go get Reeves and flurry. We we talked about why is not gonna happen. Reeves is it's just like look, like Reeves I would take three Will Carriers before one Ryan Reeves. Who who do you replace on the roster for Ryan Reeves? I'm certainly Man, not
0: Yeah, but that that really means you're replacing Martin Cout. Yeah. And I'm certainly not playing Ryan Reeves over Martin Kout.
1: Right. So and now he's overpaid.
0: The Avs don't need experience. The Avs have Andre Burakovsky won a Stanley Cup, Philip Grubauer won a Stanley Cup, Jonas Donkoy, been to a Cup Finals, Pierre Edward Belmar been to a Cup Finals.
1: Well, qu- question, just just this is just me being curious here, um, and totally want to open this up to 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 chat as well. Um, how much experience is like? enough for a player to be considered like seasoned in the postseason.
0: Because in my opinion, pretty much everyone on the Avs roster after two consecutive years of making game seven around two should be experienced.
1: Well, because Kyle McCarr has, this is an insane statistic, but Kyle McCarr has 57 regular season games played and 25 playoff games. <laughs> like, like what's, What's considered like, like I can understand where a team goes out in the first round, like they've got five games of playoff experience and all of them like, like that's, that's not what you're talking about in terms of like, oh, this guy's got playoff experience. Right. Like, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, does a guy have to have won a cup for him to be considered experienced?
0: I mean, even like, even then
1: Jacob says Stanley cup experience, belly, Berkey, Cole, Grubauer
0: was there even if he didn't play and then Jonas Donskoy as well you're talking about 25 percent of a 20-man roster on any given night for the abs having Stanley Cup finals experience that's a pretty significant amount
1: yeah and this year I think the only guy I think the only like regular that they had that was making his playoff debut was Graves
0: because Graves didn't play the yeah. previous season, but all the other one,
1: Like, what's the difference between one conference finals appearance and two second-round appearances? Because I'm, I'm asking because, like, I I was actually going through some of these the other day and was like, wow, I didn't realize, like, Gabe Cox played 39 playoff games. Yeah, they've played a
0: lot, this McKinnon and Landiscox, because of that 13-14 year as well. It- there's experience on this team now. It's not like, oh my god, this dude has a hundred playoff games or whatever. But it's way more than enough. Well, these like, guys know what they're doing. It's not they're not wide-eyed in the playoffs
1: anymore, right? Like Landis Landeskog, thirty-nine. That's you're right at half of a regular season worth of experience in terms of the postseason. Like I'd, again, like this isn't. You're not talking about these guys who are like. Oh, these guys are ultra battle tested, right? Like, this isn't like the Sharks going to the playoffs nine years in a row or whatever. But it's like at some point, like, these guys have now won. They've now won a playoff series in back to back years. They, all of them are, are nearing like the, the 40 ish, the, the 30, 40 playoff game threshold like minimum like some of these guys have way more than that already
0: they've played in multiple game sevens they've played in multiple playoff overtimes in which they've won and lost games yeah they've had just about every experience you can get other than directly playing with the stanley cup on the line yeah and and some of them have even done that
1: so (laughs) it's i just think it's it's interesting. Well, and and like they've now lost like two, you know, sometimes sometimes you you learn more from losing than from winning. Yep. And you obviously would like to win, but it's not, the, the, the Avs haven't gotten blown out in any of the series that they've lost. And yep. They've made the postseason three years, and they've been involved in every one of those series. They haven't gotten blown out. It's, it'll be interesting to see what they learn from this season, you know, because, you know, obviously different sports. Look at the Nuggets last night. You know, the, the, what was, what was one of the big reasons why the, the, that the Nuggets got through that series against the Clippers. Part of it is that they were battle tested. They've lived through tough moments. They've, they've taken their lumps and. They learned. They learned how to how to handle that environment, and I would say I would say that the ads have the requisite experience to do something similar in the future. Like I don't I don't see there being a huge difference between round two and round three in terms of you've won it and you've done it. Like Especially until, you're, you're until you're until right. you're playing for the cup. You're yeah. it's like rounds one through three are just like you're you're trying to get there. And, you're just trying to get there.
0: And you're talking about this is a team who in the, both of the last two years won their round one and five and then took round two to game seven. Yeah. So it's not like all oh, they cruised through a series and then got bodied in round two. They were right there. Mm-hmm. They they had more games played at, after their second round elimination, than teams in the conference finals had. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's. I know we kind of like ditched the goaltender conversation. That's fine. Um, but we were fine. we we had said what we needed to say, and I thought that the I thought chat was bringing up an interesting conversation about let's go get experience and. And I'm just I'm just curious about like the perception of. When does this abs team become battle tested? You know, because you look at you look at Miko Rantanen has 33 playoff games. Like again, it's not like a not like a billion games or anything. You know, you're not looking at like oh, you know, like Joe Sakic finished his career with like 200 playoff games played. You know, like the guy was there all the time and they won a bunch of rounds. So it's not that level, but. Like, this is, this is where it starts. This is how you become battle-tested. Is you go to battle, right? Like, yep. you have to, and you're going to win some, and you're going to lose some. And it it sucks. It, it sucks that it went this way this year. It's going to always feel like a huge what-if and a massive, like, who knows, right? Of course. Because the last two years, the last two years for me, it just felt like it it felt like they they had kind of hit their wall like their ceiling like they got into the first round they went up against Nashville they were competitive but damn
0: all right here's a stat for you hit me from the 2013 nhl draft
1: who is the most
0: experienced player in the playoffs
1: Is it someone in the first round? Yes. Is it someone in the top 10? No. I don't know that draft as well. Getting It's
0: Andre Burakovsky. Oh. 71 playoff games. Nathan McKinnon with 40 wow. is in fourth. Only Burakovsky, Theodore, and Jake Gensel have more playoff games from that draft than Nathan McKinnon how do you he's top five in his draft class in playoff games. How do you get more battle tested than that? I don't know.
1: You go to more battles, you win more rounds. You have more games played. You do it year in year out, you know, like Berkey's the Berkey got to do it the entire time that he was in Washington. So making the playoffs was just a thing he did. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of the difference with, with a guy like Landis where the beginning of his career, he went to the playoffs one time in the first, what, six years. Yep. And then all of a sudden he's in it three years in a row. Like he had to learn that one, seven, that one, seven game series, that one time in that, in that several year span, however many years it was like, you know,
0: you got to learn. Even with that span from Landis he's top 20. In the twenty eleven draft class, for for playoff games, the ABS have got a lot of experience over the last three years. They just yeah. have.
1: I would be curious to see where the ABS stack up, where ABS players stack up in postseason games in the last three years. We can uh, do that. I, obviously
0: going to be incomplete data from this year, but
1: well, and like some of those guys will have been with Colorado, and and some yeah. will not have been, but. It's like, like this, this was not an inexperienced team. I don't think that inexperience was their problem. Uh, I don't think that. So last
0: three years, the leader is David Perron with 50 games.
1: Oh, because he went to the cup finals twice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cause he went with Vegas their first year, then went back to St. Louis and won the cup. The Avs don't have anyone in the top fifty. Okay, I'm not surprised about that.
0: Your Tampa Bay, ton of people. Washington, a ton of people. Yeah.
1: Teams that have won multiple rounds in multiple years. St. Louis has got some people. Boston has some people. So they, all of the like
0: top top teams in the league. Yep. But the Avs do have pretty much their entire roster around the 60 to 75 area. Okay. So it it adds up. You're talking about them as a top eight team when it comes to playoff experience
1: in the last couple of years, in
0: the last couple of years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they're getting there. They're building. Yep. All of this to say, I don't think they need to be targeting guys for experience anymore. They've got enough in their own room. I think they've got enough in their own room now that they don't have to go and get a guy like Ian Cole just to say and and have like the top billing of his signing be.
0: Well, he's he's won a cup cup before.
1: Yeah. Therefore, it's useful to have him around because he knows how to do it. He's been through it. He knows how to lead and he knows how to like, okay, well, as you said, like 25% of the Avs roster at this point has been in a cup final somewhere in their career. They don't they don't need to continue to chase that. Go get talent. I I
0: I'd, I'd be so curious get Taylor Hall. Yeah, go get Taylor Hall. There. Show's over. That's the end of it. Go <laughs> get
1: been every show with Go, get, go Taylor. get Taylor Hall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to wrap up the show. Do have one more for you. Of course, StravaCraft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can get it cold brew down at the DNBR bar if you want to give it a try before you buy. And when you do purchase, use code DNBR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. If you want to buy it in bulk, sign up for their subscription and get 20% off every single time. You can do that online at StravaCraftCoffee.com as well been known to help a ton of stuff migraines aches and pains ibs joint pain all sorts of stuff give it a try today if you haven't yet that's gonna close up what was a goalie show that spiraled off the rails into an experience podcast instead but that's why we have you here chat we love you if you want to talk about stuff that's what we're here to do we want to talk about stuff you guys want to talk about so
1: yeah tomorrow uh we're gonna have a guest on to talk about the whl We're going to talk about ABS WHL prospects plus WHL draft prospects of which there are many and of which many will be of interest to the ABS uh, at pick 24. How
0: disappointed should I be when Ghouli and Schneider are gone?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, I think you and I are both expecting that. So, um, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have Joel Henderson on the show tomorrow to talk about it with us. Looking forward to it until next time. We
0: will talk to you guys again tomorrow.